1: wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello everyone, you may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery, Mystery of Everything. Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs>
2: everyone. This is Angie from All Creatures Podcast. Today I'll be hosting another special episode of All Creatures Podcast that is just for kids, made by kids. And before we get started, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who is listening today for doing your part as an animal conservation hero. Just by listening, learning, and loving, and sharing information all about these creatures, it's an important step to conserve them. And in my book, you are all creature conservation heroes. Today I'm super excited because I get to talk to my buddy Logan from Michigan. Logan really is a true conservation hero because he's so passionate about all creatures that he reached out to us a while ago and said, hey, I want to help teach people about animals. And Logan has been on the podcast before talking all about lemurs in episode number 12 for kids. And that can be found at allcreaturespod.com. It was a really fun episode. And I'm just so glad he's here today because we're changing species. And he'll be talking about an animal that lives in trees. It has a pouch. It is adorable, and he'll describe it for us in detail. And it's like a kangaroo, but it's not a kangaroo. So if you guessed tree kangaroo, you're right. And more specifically, Logan's going to be talking about the Dinsizo, which is a type of tree kangaroo from Indonesia. So this is going to be a really great podcast. Stick around. And let's get this All Creatures Kid podcast party started. Hello, Logan. Are you there? Hello. Hi. Welcome back to All Creatures. I'm so glad to have you on the air today.
0: I'm glad to be here.
2: Awesome. Can you remind our listeners how old you are? I am 11. Awesome. And do you have a favorite animal? Yes. Okay. The crown lemur. It is the crown lemur. That's what we talked about last time. Well, I'm glad today that you are maybe talking about your second favorite animal. Yep. Awesome. So, Logan, do you want to go ahead and describe a little bit about what tree kangaroos are and more specifically what the denzizo looks like?
0: Tree kangaroos are, uh, they sort of look like, um, imagine a monkey. Mm Mm-hmm have a longer nose um and they have a bit bigger ears and this species specifically has a short tail is black and has a sort of cantaloupe color belly
2: that's beautiful cantaloupe that I've never really heard of an orange color described as cantaloupe But Logan, I think I'm going to steal that from you the next time. That's a great way to describe that color. And they really are just so furry and really adorable looking, don't you think?
0: Yeah, they're really cute. Yeah.
2: I'm I'm really lucky because my husband, John, works at the Santa Fe College Teaching Zoo, and they have tree kangaroos on grounds. And they have a breeding pair. Uh, They don't have the dingizo, right? Am I saying that right? You you said there's a couple pronunciations.
0: Yeah, the dingizo, I've heard it pronounced dingizo and dingiso.
2: Okay, awesome. Uh, Well, my husband doesn't have that species. They have the matchy's tree kangaroo, which is beautiful with chocolate brown and then that uh, cantaloupe orange color as well. So we just love when they have babies. It's just such a fun time, although they hide in the pouch for a long time, which I'm sure you're going to talk about as we learn more about the tree kangaroos. So can you tell me where the dingizo lives,
0: the yes. habitat? The Dingezo lives in the subalpine regions of West Papua, Indonesia, on the island of New Guinea.
2: Excellent. So it's a pretty warm climate, right?
0: Actually, it's m- more cold than the rest of the island because Of its high elevation.
2: Ah, I see. So that's probably why they're so furry then. They've got that thick fur. Yeah. Awesome. And now I know they're considered tree kangaroos, but are they only in trees or do they come to the ground? Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: They do come to the ground, but it's um, very quick Mm -hmm. and they will come right back up to the trees.
2: Okay. Gotcha.
0: And now, Logan, of course, they're
2: called tree kangaroos, but I was wondering if you could help us understand how they're related to regular kangaroos, like the ones from Australia.
0: They're both part of the group of mammals called marsupials, Mm -hmm. um, which means they have pouches for the people listening. Mm -hmm. But other than that, they're not very closely related. They split off millions of years ago.
2: Gotcha, and so they just named them tree kangaroos because they had a pouch for the most part, right? Yeah. And so now in North America, do you know our only marsupial?
0: Um, we only have opossums.
2: That's right. Very good. See, I, I can't, I can't stump you. You are the expert. You know these things. And now, Logan, what does the dingizo eat?
0: Dingizos eat mostly plant. Oh, they. Oh, yeah. Dintesos only eat plants because they are um, herbivorous.
2: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And – Oh, go ahead. (laughs) But they mostly eat berries.
2: Now we're talking. So they eat a lot of berries, right? And so they're almost like a frugivore type of an herbivore, which is a fancy term for animals that eat plants, but mainly specialize in berries. So – I know if uh, that's, those are the type of plants I like to eat. I, I'm more of a berry fan than a, a spinach fan myself.
0: <laughs> Same here.
2: Oh, uh, what's your favorite berry you like to eat?
0: Um, I like blueberries a lot.
2: Yes. You're from Michigan. That's my boy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely the blueberry state in Michigan. So great answer. Uh, but I also like strawberries and blackberries as well. And so as you were doing your research the past couple of weeks, what are some other facts you learned about tree kangaroos in general or even more specifically the dingizoe?
0: One interesting thing I found out about the dingizoe is that they are a very recently discovered species, only being discovered in 1995 by Tim Flannery.
2: What? That's incredible. That it's not that long ago at all. I yeah. was alive I was alive, but you weren't alive then.
0: No. And right. because so- of its recent discovery, we don't know a ton about them.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's
0: incredible.
2: So we're still finding these good-sized species not that long ago. That's just incredible. Is it because they live so high up in the trees or they live remotely?
0: Yeah, the jungles of New Guinea are possibly one of the last places on Earth where there are some very large-sized mammals that we don't
2: know about. Wow, that's incredible. Do you think there might be other species of marsupials or, in general, other medium-sized mammals there that are still left to be discovered?
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah,
2: that's so fascinating. I just love science and conservation. And Logan, in regards to their size, about how big is the dingizote?
0: Um Dingizotes are... Somewhat small, I would estimate they're probably about the size of maybe a medium-sized dog.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, it's pretty small. And I know, as you mentioned, researchers recently discovered them, but do they know if the Dengizo live in big groups or do they live alone?
0: Um, That is one of the things that we don't know about them yet because um, only – Two have been weighed and only three have been photographed.
2: Wow. So that leads me to my next question is, do they have an idea of what the population looks like? Are they considered endangered?
0: Yes, they are considered endangered.
2: Okay. Wow. Yeah. And are researchers out there trying to study them as we speak and learn a little bit more about them?
0: Yes. In fact, the entire archipelago of Indonesia is being highly studied.
2: Yeah, they're trying to learn more about the plants and animals that inhabit that area and trying to protect the land, right, to protect the animals that live there. Uh, Wow, that's just incredible. Now, are there any other species of tree kangaroos that live in this archipelago, or is it just the dingizo?
0: Um. All tree kangaroos except two live on the island of New Guinea.
2: Wow. And do you know about how many species of tree kangaroo there are?
0: I don't know for sure, but I believe there's around maybe 12.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's so incredible. And and for our listeners that aren't as familiar with tree kangaroos, which honestly, I know I really wasn't until I got to see them at the Santa Fe College Teaching Zoo. And then that's when I just fell in love with there personality and their markings and how their adorable faces cuz it just they really might have one of the cutest faces of <laughs> of any creature they're just so darling but there really is still a lot to be learned about this pretty elusive group of animals known as tree kangaroos and i I know the ones that live under human care at zoos, Um, there are some zoos that house them, not a lot. Zookeepers and researchers and animal behaviorists are trying to find out more about how they live and if they're active during the day or the nighttime. Did did you find out anything about the dendazo if they're nocturnal or diurnal?
0: Um, Nothing specific to them, but based Mm -hmm. on what I found out from other tree kangaroo species, they are probably... Um one of the species that flip-flop between being nocturnal and diurnal.
2: Sure, maybe depending on the berry season or what's what's in what's in bloom and what they're eating. Yeah. Very, inter- very interesting. And now Logan, when you were researching the dingezo, did you
0: find anything out
2: about the offspring?
0: Um no, I didn't because I don't believe any western scientists have even seen a wow. offspring of a dingiso.
2: Wow! Do you want that to be your job? Do you want to be the first person to see a dingiso uh, Joey?
0: I would love that.
2: <laughs> I would love that for you as well, or uh, really any of our listeners out there. That's just incredible because I can relate. At the Santa Fe College Teaching Zoo, where they have the mash bees, tree kangaroos, they it's it's really amazing when you see that little Joey pop its head out. And it takes a while. They have to get pretty big um, because they're born pretty prematurely. And they, once they're born, they crawl into the mother's pouch where uh, she can provide milk for them. And they can grow and grow and grow. And they just stay hidden in that pouch until they're, I don't know how many weeks old, but weeks, maybe even a month or two old. And then you finally see the head pop out. And a zookeeper will report it, and they'll be like the only one that sees it. And it's usually for a quick second, and they can't even get a picture of it. And then so it'll be days later, and there hasn't been another sighting. And we're like, oh, come on. What's happening here? Who's going to be the next one to see the joey? And then slowly we'll start seeing them more often and more often until the offspring or the Joey is more comfortable to climb out of the pouch and start feeding and things like that and and gets weaned from its mother's milk. But Logan, I'll tell you uh, the few times that I've been able to see the tree kangaroo Joey at the zoo, it's, it's really magical. So I'll get some video for you uh, the next time they have one and see if I can capture it so I can, I can share it with you. It's pretty cool. Um, And who knows, maybe it'll help us learn more about the dingy right? Because that's one of the brilliant things with animals that live in accredited zoos under human care is we can learn more about them and they can act as ambassadors for their cousins that live in the wild that we need to protect, right? We need to know how long do they live, uh, how much do they need to eat, how much land do they need so we can conserve it better. And-
0: we could also turn to for information are the natives who live on the island because they've known about the species long before uh european scientists and american scientists ever knew about them
2: yeah isn't that incredible exactly they there's probably more things that they know about and it should be our job to try to let them teach us because a lot of the indigenous people are Great conservationists—they've been living in harmony with the land and off land for tens of thousands of years, like you said, long before uh, Europeans or Americans uh, ever visited. So they're all—it's always great to get their insight, for sure, and also to conserve the land for them to live in, right?
0: Yeah, when you help the species, it also helps the uh, indigenous peoples on the island and. We could learn a lesson from New Guinea to help um, us protect the natives and the animals that they live with across the world. Yeah. And now,
2: Logan, that leads me into the really important question. Uh, why do you think the kids and people listening to this podcast should care or try to conserve the dingizou?
0: Because to me, the dingizou is a representation that Humans still have a lot left to learn about the natural world and around and about the world itself. So if we know more about the dinjizo, it shows that we can know more about other big mysteries about our planet and the universe itself.
2: Ah, I love it. I just got goosebumps. I totally agree. I it's like if we save the dingizo, we can help save ourselves and learn so much. And with that being said, Logan, do you know what you want to be when you grow up?
0: Yeah. I would like to work in the field with animals like the dingizo or the crown lemur or any species and learn about them in the wild.
2: Awesome, buddy. Well, I cannot wait to watch you on this journey. We definitely need more proactive and inspired and hardworking kids and students like yourself. So so please keep up the good work. Please keep sharing this information and inspiring others to get involved and learn about these creatures. And in school, we often learn a lot about like kangaroos or opossums, some of the bigger main marsupials. But as you mentioned, there's a whole world out there still left unexplored with so many cool creatures just waiting to be discovered and then, of course, conserved. So I really appreciate you being here today and talking to us about the Dingezo. And when you were preparing and doing this podcast, what was your favorite part?
0: My favorite part was about learning about a species that not many people know about, including
2: me. I had to look at it <laughs> when you requested it. I had to look it up. And then once I realized it was a type of tree kangaroo, I was super fascinated and, and, and I uh, was able to do a little research myself. But yes, you taught and inspired me to know and care more about the Dinjazo, And I'm just so appreciative of your passion and how you love being a guest on All Creatures Kids podcast. So I hope you'll come back and see me again sometime soon. Is that possible?
0: Definitely. No problem.
2: Awesome. Good. And you're staying nice and warm in Michigan this time of year? Yep. Good. Good. All right. Well, I really appreciate you being here today, Logan. And it's just been so fun learning about the Dengizzo.
0: It has been fun to talk about it.
2: Oh, thank you, buddy. And to all of our listeners out there, I don't know about you, but... I feel really inspired after talking to Logan just to learn more about different ways to help wildlife and nature, because as Logan mentioned, the more we learn about nature and conserve it, the more likely we are to help ourselves and help the world around us. So please share some of these cool facts you learned with your family and friends, because remember, sharing means caring. And you can probably quiz your parents or some of your friends and ask them if they've ever heard of a tree kangaroo. And if they haven't, then you can give them all these fun facts and get them excited about tree kangaroos.
0: Um, yeah, that won't be a problem because my parents at this point love the podcast and are used to me talking about animals all
1: the time.
2: I love it. I love it. Yes, that is awesome. And to all of our listeners out there, if you or someone you know is interested in becoming an All Creatures Kid expert and being interviewed on the podcast about your favorite animal that you want to share with the world, please send me, Angie, an email at allcreatureskidspod at gmail.com. And then, of course, we have a website at allcreaturespod.com where you can learn more about all the creatures that we feature on this podcast and specifically today the dingizo and tree kangaroo so thank you again logan for talking to me today and to all of our listeners out there we appreciate your time and we hope that you'll come see us again thank you everyone bye 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 logan bye Hello everyone, this is Angie from All Creatures Podcast. Today I'll be hosting another exciting episode of All Creatures Podcast, For Kids, Made by Kids. And today is going to be a fun podcast because I'm talking to Pax from Colorado and he is an animal expert. He even has his own YouTube channel where you can learn more fun facts about your favorite creature. PAX was also featured on episode six of All Creatures Kids, talking about the red-faced Wakari monkey, which is a really cool monkey from South America that has like a bald red face and it was just an awesome podcast. So check out episode six from kids. But today, PAX is going to highlight an animal from North America that's in the rodent family, nocturnal. So it's probably pretty rare for us to see it since they're active at night when we're sleeping. But this animal also has quills. So if you guessed the North American porcupine, you are right. But before we get started, I just want to say a huge thank you for listening today and doing your part as an animal conservation hero. By listening, learning, loving, and sharing all about these creatures, It's an important step to conserving them, and you guys are all conservation heroes in my book. This is going to be a great podcast, so stick around, and let's get this all Creature's Kid podcast party started. Hello, Pax. Hi. I'm so glad you joined me today.
1: Well, I'm glad I joined.
2: Thanks for coming on again. Can you remind our listeners how old you are?
1: Uh, well, I'm 10, soon going to be 11, but yeah.
2: Awesome. And and you're going to be talking to us today about which animal?
1: The North American porcupine.
2: Awesome. I'm so excited because we actually haven't covered the porcupine on uh, All Creatures Podcast yet, so I'm going to learn a lot today. Is this your favorite animal?
1: Uh, No. But one of its main predators is the wolverine.
2: Awesome. Well, Pax, I'm so glad you decided to join us again today. And you have your very own YouTube channel. Before we get started, can you tell our listeners about it?
1: Animal wow facts with Pax. Um, It helps explain why certain creatures are valuable to the ecosystem because we haven't yet covered 99.9% of them.
2: Awesome! And how do our listeners search for it and find it? I'll put a link on our show notes.
1: Uh, well, just go over to YouTube and search up "Animal Wild Facts with Pax." Pretty simple if you think about it.
2: Awesome! All right, listeners. So just search "Wild Facts with Pax," and that's P-A-X. And we'll of course put a link on our show notes as well. So, how many episodes do you have?
1: Uh, well, I'm working on the third one right now.
2: Okay. Cool. Any hints about what it might be about?
1: Uh Keystone species whose names start with the letter V?
2: Ooh, I love that hint. I will be waiting for it to drop. That's exciting. Okay, speaking of North American porcupines, can you tell our listeners what it looks like?
1: Uh well, imagine a small gray bush with a bunch of Quills the size of pencils, but be careful of those quills because since they're barbed and, well, if they get stuck in your skin, they won't be able to come out for somewhere around a month.
2: A month? Wow. and Now, is there poison in the quills or do they just, like, cause infection?
1: Uh, Well, they can cause infection if you don't treat them.
2: Wow. But they're not actually, there's actually poison in there. No. And can you tell me if it's true, can a porcupine shoot its
1: quills at an animal? Oh, that is false. So false. It's a rodent, so it definitely hasn't evolved that ability.
2: And speaking of the fact that it's a rodent, how big is a North American porcupine?
1: Uh, well, its length is somewhere around the size of, well, a printer. And its height somewhere around the size of a small table lamp.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty big porcupine, right?
1: Yep, second largest, well, third largest rodent in the entire world.
2: Wow, and there's several species of porcupines. Do you know how many or where all they live?
1: Well, I know there are some on every single continent other than Antarctica, of course. but Yeah,
2: they're kind of divided up into old world and new world porcupine. And so uh, the North the American one, one is what I'm talking
1: about right now is new world. Where
2: exactly in North America is a North American porcupine found?
1: It goes down from Canada to the um to the eastern part of the United States of America. Like Virginia, Maryland, every now and then Washington, though.
2: And you live in Colorado. Have you seen one in the
1: wild? No.
2: Me neither. But there is
1: one up at a ski slope that people always say that there is, but I highly doubt that.
2: Have you ever seen them at like a zoo?
1: Uh, Once. Mm -hmm. The Cheyenne Mountain Zoo.
2: Oh, I love the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. My most favorite animal in the world that I worked with when I was a zookeeper in Chicago was a Sichuan Taken, and his name was Kubla, after Kubla Khan because they're from the Asia area. These big goat-like, yak-like animals with with horns and hooves. So cute. And Kubla was born at the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. So I've never been there, but it's on my bucket list to go visit. Is it a pretty nice zoo?
1: Yep. I mean, they've even got moose. And you don't even need to go to Yellowstone to see them. What? They have moose? One, but... That's awesome.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, and you can
1: see giraffes.
2: Oh, that's one of my favorite. Uh, we'll we'll have to get out there for sure. So I'm glad that you love the zoo. Now, these porcupines, what do they eat?
1: Uh, bark, berries, seeds, nuts, uh, leaves. But their favorite is the inner bark of aspen trees. So,
2: yeah. Yum. Would you eat that or not so much? No. No. How about the berries?
1: Well, some they eat... Some of the berries they eat are technically edible for humans, like like well, blueberries, raspberries, and strawberries, but others like bang berries yeah no.
2: Not so much. What's your favorite berry?
1: Raspberry. Yeah, I like that one. I like blueberries,
2: strawberries. And packs, are we gonna find North American porcupines more in trees or on the ground or where do they habitate?
1: Well, they're more arboreal than um, than terrestrial and they definitely aren't aquatic which means they are usually in trees sometimes on the ground but never in the water.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Okay. And as you were researching the North American porcupine this past week, what other cool behaviors does it do?
1: Uh well, well, actually it doesn't really have that many cool behaviors. But its ancestry and its name and its predators are fascinating. But it is attracted to salt, so beware of your boots.
2: Attracted to salt? Interesting. It's like to complement its diet or...?
1: Actually, it just likes the taste of salt, I think. Maybe it's because it's a fundamental resource that every single living creature needs, but...
2: Okay, and now you mentioned uh, porcupine predators. Like, who can eat or go after a porcupine? Who's that brave?
1: Well, usually it's it's limited to fishers, wolverines, coyotes, wolves, American black bears, mountain lions, slash cougars, pumas, whatever you want to call them, um, or or maybe a golden eagle, and possibly even a great horned owl.
2: Wow, so they're brave enough to take on those quills, or they just know how to deal with them? Because awesome. their
1: undersides are softer than uh, the...
2: Ah, child. yes.
1: yes,
2: Yeah, you bring up a good point. Very good. And packs do porcupines, do they live in big social groups, or are they usually found alone?
1: Oh, they're definitely solitary. Unless it's mating no. season, but,
2: yeah. Yeah. And did you learn anything else about porcupines that you want to share with our listeners?
1: Uh, well, I know that their genus actually was originally from Asia, but during Pangea, it went over to South America, then, then, um, well, during colonization of America, it went up to North America, so...
2: That's awesome! Yeah, I was reading that there's like 29 species of porcupines. That's a lot, uh, but the North American one is is found here locally by us. But and now, Pax, thinking about their conservation, does the North American porcupine have an endangered status, or are there lots of them? Uh,
1: well, it's actually of least concern, or maybe it's eh, probably least concern because nobody really hunts them.
2: Yeah, do you know if any of the porcupines are endangered?
1: I do know of one, but I forget its name all the time. It's from Asia, but I...
2: Is it the, uh, I was reading that the bristle-spined porcupine or the Philippine porcupine?
1: Uh, well, I have it right here in this
2: book. Oh yeah, get out your notes, I love it.
1: I'll search it up. <laughs> oh.
2: oh, that's a big book.
1: The photo work. North American porcupine, least concern, but, um, I can find a jaguar undie, but I can't find a porcupine? Well, I found an echidna, but they're monotremes, not rodents. Ah, here it is. The Mexican hairy dwarf porcupine, and it is of least concern.
2: Very good. Well, thank you for looking that up. What What is that? Oh, look at that picture. Pax is showing me a picture through our video chat. What a book is that? It looks amazing.
1: Um it's called The Photo Arc by Joel Sartori. Sartori. He Sartori. has documented multiple species of endangered animals, some of which are actually extinct nowadays. But. Yeah,
2: I love Joel Sartori and his work. I actually want to get him on the podcast to interview him. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. And so for the North American porcupine, even though it's of least concern, but for some of these other porcupines that might be either threatened or vulnerable or endangered, what should people do to try to help conserve porcupines in their habitat? They obviously need a lot of trees, right?
1: So uh, maybe not as much deforestation and definitely no more oil. I mean, no fossil fuels at all.
2: I agree. Yes, Pax. We definitely need yeah, we definitely need to work towards sustainable energy. No question about it, right, buddy?
1: No question. At That's all.
2: That's
1: right. It's why some of these creatures are endangered. Like the oh, like the white-bellied penguin.
2: Oh yeah, the penguin. Yeah, that, that one's Or that the one's,
1: shore shrimp.
2: Yeah, no, there's so many more species to cover. If you came back on the podcast, what 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 other animals would you want to talk about?
1: Wolverines, eye-eyes, and well, and
2: pangolins. I would love to hear more about Wolverines, eye-eyes, and pangolins. He's showing me a picture of the pangolin right now. Yeah, and the pangolin, not penguin. The pangolin uh, is the most trafficked animal in the world. So it definitely needs our conservation help for sure. Get the get the message out there that people should take care of it and that we don't need pangolin scales as jewelry or medicine or anything like that. Oh, he's showing me a picture of the eye. Eye. That's, I have not, we haven't covered the on the on this podcast either. So, and love wolverines. I'm from Michigan. So uh, we actually covered what wolverines a little while ago, but I would love to hear what you have to say about wolverines. Okay, well. And, Pax, what was your favorite thing about doing this podcast?
1: Uh, maybe, maybe researching the animals. Yeah. The wakari, the porcupine. It's all led up to this.
2: Well, wonderful. And you're going to have to keep me posted about when your third episode on YouTube is available and ready for us to watch.
1: Well, we need to redo the bison footage. So, uh. Maybe not for a little while, but I'll inform you.
2: Please keep us updated. and All of our listeners will be super excited. But in the meantime, you can check out Pax's YouTube channel and listen to his listen and watch his first two episodes, which are covering which species?
1: Um, well, the first one is superstition, I think. And the second one is, oh, uh, crud, I forgot. But yeah. Oh, yeah. The first one is which uses more energy, be hummingbird or California condor, the smallest and the largest birds who can fly. And the other one is, well, superstition, pangolins. eyes.
2: Well, we will definitely have to keep our eyes on those and we'll look for your newest one to drop soon. And Pax, I want to thank you so much today for talking to me all about the North American porcupine. I know I'm really excited to always learn about new species and the porcupine is just so unique with its quills and its defense mechanisms and their super cute face and nose. Right. Right. Yep. Awesome. Well, and you'll come back and see me again soon. I hope buddy.
1: Yep. Probably.
2: Okay. Thank you, Pax. Bye-bye. Hup, hup. Wow. I always learn so much when Pax is on the podcast. That was such a great episodes of all creatures, kids. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pax. I really appreciate your time. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel really inspired to keep learning more about ways to help wildlife and nature because it's always so fun to learn about a creature, especially a porcupine. So I hope you enjoyed listening today to Pax and I talk about the North American porcupine. And please share some of these facts that you learned with your family and friends, because remember that sharing means caring and we want to care for these animals. And also, if you or someone you know is interested in becoming an All Creatures Kids expert and being interviewed on a podcast and talking about your favorite animal, please send me, Angie, an email at allcreatureskidspod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Also, you can visit our website at allcreaturespod.com to learn more about the creatures featured today uh, and other awesome kid episodes that we've done in the past. So thank you so much for listening and take care. Bye, everyone.